Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Amplify Your Business. Today, I am talking to Meg Tucker. She is the owner of Cook with Meg, and I am so excited. I'm going to be so hungry, probably, after talking about all the incredible things that you do with your business. But welcome to the show, Meg. Thank you, Lance. Thank you for having me, and Happy New Year. Yeah, Happy New Year to you as well. And for those who are watching or listening to this episode, we're recording this on January 4th, uh, to. 2023. It's hard to spill out those uh, 23s right now. It's a little little odd. Uh, it's always that way for the first month or so, I think, for myself anyway. But uh, yeah, so I'm really excited to hear about your business. But before we get into that, Meg, I wanted to ask you, what are three things that you think every entrepreneur needs to know? Oh, such a good question. I would say the first thing is to know that there are going to be peaks and valleys. Mm -hmm. I think as an entrepreneur, we get so excited when things are going great. And the moment they take a dip, we have that self-doubt kick in. And so I think we need to ride the roller coaster. I have really good people in my corner. So that's probably piece number two. Find mm -hmm. your village, whether it's people that you directly work with on your team, if that means you're more than a company of one, uh, or maybe it's a, a mentor or a coach or just people who you can bounce things off of. I think oftentimes when you're an entrepreneur, you're working kind of on your own. You're not really in a typical office setting, maybe. And so finding those people to call your village, I think, is, is another big one. Yeah. And pace yourself. Really, 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 really pace yourself because it is so easy. There's, you know, that expression they say, if you find something you love, you'll feel like you'll never work a day. I kind of disagree because I feel like when you <laughs> do something you're super passionate about, it's really easy to work and work and work and work. And suddenly you're not really left with that balance. So find the balance and pace yourself. Yeah, and I, I I really like that last one because um, we don't talk about that as much because oftentimes there is this discussion around entrepreneurship and how a lot of the reasons why people get into it is to have that kind of work-life balance a little yeah. bit where, you know, they're, they it starts up as a side hustle and they're doing what they love and because it's what they love, they don't mind spending the time and so on, but then it can get a little out of control at times. It's so true. And I think it's industry dependent, you know, yeah. for my business, which we'll talk about in a bit. Um, mine is, I want to almost say seasonal that I do have busy seasons and the other times when maybe I'm not teaching, I'm still working, I'm creating, I'm figuring yeah. it out. I, I wear every hat. So yeah, I think having a, if you are in a relationship or having a partner or a spouse that's understanding, thankfully I do. Um, yeah. but we do have to check in with each other and remind each other, you know, he has a job where he reports to a, a boss, but he still works a lot too. And because we're in that digital age, it feels like we're always very close to being able to work right from a phone yep. or a laptop. So it's the balance. It's, it's an ongoing thing for sure. So maybe it's not so much balance. It's more like pacing yourself. So you give yes. yourself that, that grace, right? Well, that's what I like about the way you frame that in the, yeah. the pacing of it, which is, which is interesting. I've never heard anybody frame it that way. And so what do you do that, um, really helps you maintain a sustainable pace? Well, um, 
I started my business in 2020, this particular business that we'll get into. And I will be very honest with you, 2020 was <laughs> wild for everyone and even yeah. more wild in 2021. So much so that at the end of the year, I had a health scare and it okay. was something that I, I wasn't feeling well. I knew I was working a gazillion hours a week. I knew I wasn't giving myself a break. I had put on a lot of weight. Um, I just, I just wasn't really taking very great care of myself. Um, yeah. and so, yeah, a bit of a health scare went to my doctor said like, kind of have a hard time turning my head from side to side, which is never a good thing. And, uh, we did blood work and we did some tests and, and we came to the conclusion that I needed to make some changes. And so I made a conscious decision to make 2022 the year of all of those changes. And I did it and lost a ton of weight, got moving, started Pilates, scaled back in my work, which I knew meant earning less. But why are we earning all this money if we're not going to even be here to enjoy it, right? So yeah, it was a... It was a big wake up call, right? I turned 50, which for me, I thought, oh boy, I definitely want to spend the next chapter of my life in a healthy state. So I hate to say that it got to a point where I had to, had to make those changes, but maybe, maybe that was meant to be. So for me, um, it was really tipping the scale. It was, okay, I can work a ton and earn a ton of money, or I can work a little less get my health back, maybe not earn as much, but get so much more back. So yeah, I'm heading into 2023. You hear everyone making all the resolutions. Well, I'm a year in. And so I'm just on that continued path to, to literally shut my laptop and to take a day off and to not go into my office. And yeah. I can't really do an out of office, but I, I mentally, I'm out of office way yeah. more than I used to be. So it's yeah. hard. It's hard work, but it's, it's, it's so important because, you know, stuff can go downhill fast. Yeah. Well, and like you said, the only reason we do this, well, not the only reason, but one of the primary reasons is so that we can create a lifestyle that we can enjoy. And if you're not going to be able to enjoy those years, right? Yeah. Boy, that's, yeah, that's scary stuff. So yeah. well, I'm glad that you got that all turned around and thank you for sharing thank you. that. Thank now, you. Thank tell you. Us, yeah. Tell us a little bit about Cook with Meg. What is this business all about? What are you trying to accomplish there? Yeah. So my goal, if I had to write a goal on paper, my mission is to create kitchen confidence in families. And, and by mm. that phrase, I mean, I want not just the next generation of kids and teens, but I want families to kind of come back together. I feel like, mm -hmm. you know, growing up, um, my parents were divorced, but we always still had dinner at the table as a family. Um, and I think, again, going back to like this generation that we live in, we just don't have that as much anymore, where it's, you know, no devices at the table. Let's have some family time. Let's really have that time to bond. So when the pandemic hit, that's when I made a pivot from the business that I was working in, uh, which was still my own business. I was shining the social spotlight on companies and brands and some of them in the food world. I met with part of my village, uh, amazing coach that I work with. We are great friends. And we said, what are we going to do? 
because a lot of the clients won't need social media. They don't necessarily have storefronts that are open. What could I offer? So my background is, um, well, I have an English degree and a theater degree. I worked for 10 years in Toronto for a marketing firm. I have a history or a big theater background, theater and improv comedy. And then I transitioned and did 15 year, 14 years as a morning show radio broadcast host with some TV work. Wow. Um, I've cooked my whole life. I was on MasterChef Canada, made it into the top 25. So I cool. cooked, but not professionally. So we kind of came up with literally the world closed on March 13th, 2020. And by March 23rd, so yeah, 10 days later, actually, I taught my first virtual cooking class. So we came up with the idea, what if you taught cooking classes virtually via the Zoom platform to families? Easy, fun recipes. We're all home. Um, parents looking for things to do either with their kids or to keep the kids busy. And I didn't know if I could pull it off. I mean, I knew that I had all the parts and pieces, but I thought, how can, what do we do? Why not? So I did, I posted on social. I didn't know what to charge. Literally, I think we did $5 a class and they had to sign up for four classes. I didn't have my website. I didn't have a website for that. I had a different website. I didn't have e-commerce set up. I didn't have anything set up, but I thought, I don't know, e-transfer. And then it was PayPal and then things evolved and evolved. But long story short, my first week, I had 27 families, mainly in Alberta, signing up for this four days of a different recipe each day. So I sent them out a shop list. They gathered what ingredients they could. And mind you, if you can go back a couple of years, do you remember we couldn't get flour? We couldn't get, right? Like eggs, some stores had a one dozen limit. We were all doing curbside pickup. Orders were wrong. Like it was just, it was a lot. So we really, truly just worked with what we had. That's where our phrase, we make it work, came from. And I pulled it off. We pulled it off. We did a week of cooking classes. So at the end of the first class, I remember, I think part and parcel to me internally just realizing, oh my God, we actually did this. Um, I said, okay, kids, at the count of three, we're all going to turn our microphones on. We're going to yell, we are awesome at the very end of class. Yeah. (laughs) So we did. And the kids were cheering and screaming and you saw parents waving in the windows. And it was this (laughs) moment where we, I think for like a brief moment, we weren't worried about how the bills were going to get paid. We weren't worried about the pandemic or the world shutting down. We were just families who were like bonding over making a pizza or making fried rice or whatever we made that first week. Um, So we yelled, we are awesome. So the, we are awesome started on day one. And to this day at the end of every single class, that's what we yell. But now we talk about why that is, you know, Mm -hmm. and I think that kind of dates back to maybe the third or the fourth day. I forgot to say it. And this one sweet, sweet little kid raised their hand and said, but what about we are awesome. (laughs) And it like, again, the world's, stopped and I realized 
this is so much more than making a pizza. This is so much more than that. It's, it's feeling that sense of pride and feeling the, we've got this and we're in this together. And so honestly, that is the pillar behind my business is we are awesome. We talk about kitchen confidence and gaining those skills that you're going to have for the rest of your life and having that family time. And it's just, for me, it's, it's pretty emotional. Like it's way more than just cooking classes. So that in a nutshell is what I do. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's really cool. It's, 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 uh, leveraging food, the creation of it, the gathering, right. To create all these other things that are happening, the community around that, which is, which is so wonderful. I, I mean, I've always said that the act of breaking bread amongst people that brings people together. Right. Um, but uh, if you can now get them into the kitchen and actually be cooking together and yeah. then break, break in that bread afterwards. I mean, that's just, that's really cool stuff. And well, obviously, like you said, just a life skill for these kids. It too. is, it is, you know, and, and I think that like that first summer, I, I remember thinking, how do we create these experiences for these kids who are sick of zoom? They're sick of online schooling, but in a way that empowers them, they're in their own kitchen, they're using their own tools, they're, they're learning, they're, they're able to then teach mom or show dad or their brother or get them all involved. And so, yeah, we taught classes, we, we merged into a virtual culinary summer camp, we're about to head into our fourth year of camps. Um, It's, it's, it's pretty excellent. You know, it, it really is. Um, never thought I would be a teacher like my entire family, but here we are all these years later. So yeah, it's really <laughs> cool. Really cool. Okay. So I'm, I'm curious because like you would uh, mentioned there a little bit in passing, just how people were getting zoomed out. Right. And so yeah. uh, the screen time, like everybody was getting tired of being on them. Did you find then that as things progressed and we started to come out of the pandemic mm-hmm. that you, did you have a drop off rate a little bit that then you had to deal with uh, just because of that fatigue or did you have bit. much much momentum? Yeah, like no, I had that. a I had a little bit and and it was honestly it was so funny because being m- my own you know business I had that fear and I remember my husband and I remember my partner that I strategize with on things, they kept saying, it's fine. It's fine. You'll be fine. Everything will be fine. But it was always right here. Like, what if, and I had people who believe it or not, gosh, people really love to give their opinions. Don't you agree? I had so many people who said, so when the pandemic is over, your business is finished. Right. And I just, I mean, first of all, who would say that to a person, but I do get asked that a lot. Oh, so you're in person now, right? Because the pandemic's over. Well, so many answers to that question. The first is, um, yes, there was a little bit of a drop, but I am so proud to say that I still have a thriving business. Um, My mental state, my physical health, everything definitely pulled me back a little, which definitely dropped, uh, I guess, my earnings by a bit. But as far as attendance, Two summers ago, I had eh, probably 60, 50, five, zero to six, zero kids in every day of summer camp maxed out. And it was a lot. <laughs> this, a lot. It's a lot. Uh, it was really fun. I hired someone who 
She manned the chat. We were a team, a virtual team of two. So we, we pulled it off. We made it work. Um, and the kids had a blast. Um, but then this past summer, honestly, I probably had in my summer camps about half that. I had about 20 to 30 per session. And if I tell you, we had the best summer. I didn't need support. It was just me. We had a blast. I got to know the kids more. So yeah. I would say that it's twofold. Yes, it's gone, it's gone down a little, but we just launched our January, February, March programs. And we've got, you know, 15 to 30 families in every single class. And I always say that, number one, online learning is always going to be here. Maybe it's not school, but it's always going to be here. This is the age we live in. And from a perspective of what I teach, parents and families and adults love it because they're not piling the kids into a car. They're not schlepping them across the city back and forth. They're in their own kitchen using their own tools where they're getting that confidence and it's convenient. So I don't worry about the world reopening. I'm not an in-person business only because I can keep the costs down for families and I can teach to six countries, which is where we are in right now. Yeah. Well, and that's, that's the coolest thing, right? Is you have that ability to, to work with people anywhere around the globe. Right. And so that's anywhere. exciting. Yeah. yeah anywhere. So- so now uh, talk to me a little bit about then how you've evolved your revenue model as well, because in those early days, like you said, I was just taking, you know, $5 a class uh, yes. from people's e-transfers. Yeah. Uh, now you've got that worked out. And uh, so what are all your revenue streams? How did you tackle that as you've been growing your business? <clears throat> yeah. Well? So we had, you know, pulled it out of thin air. We were obviously also very cognizant of people who may be lost their jobs. And I, I will never charge people if they want to be a part of my classes and they can't make it work. We make it work always. So I yeah. think just naturally we did that for the first maybe month. And then um, on the back end of things, we just, I decided, okay, this needs, we need to have a, a little more structured. So the pricing went up slightly for sure. Like I think we did $5 a class. We're now around $20 a class. But we also have, I have some partners. I work with the egg farmers of Alberta and I work with Alberta pulse growers. I'm looking to expand to other um, Alberta businesses and other food brands, certainly. Um, and they sponsor classes. And so I'm able to now also offer free classes. So once a month, people can sign up for a free class, which obviously is great for the budget. And um, on the back end, we went from e-transfer to PayPal to a PayPal link on my old website to a brand new website to now Shopify. So I have full e-commerce on my site. And from a revenue standpoint, all of my classes run through Shopify where people can be anywhere in the world, add to their cart, pay through whatever means they're able to. Um, And then I also have... Um, partnerships with Central Alberta Alberta Co-op, with Salton out of Montreal. They're an appliance company, really cool. Um, Alberta Pulse Growers, Egg Farmers of Alberta. And that's sort of a different branch of my business. So I'm getting to a point where if I could see this in the next maybe five years, the cooking classes will always be summer camps and likely some themed classes, which we do like for holidays and Christmas and 
whatnot. But they're starting to become a smaller percentage of my overall business in that I then have brand partnerships. So whether I'm writing recipes and creating recipes for egg farmers or whether I am creating reels and videos using new Sultan products or teaching sponsored classes for different food brands, that's another stream. So we're kind of getting into different revenue streams that still are a part of the cook with make umbrella. And I think that's how my panic level goes down because I don't have to solely rely on what if I don't have 40 families sign up for this one class. Yeah. It's, it's a lot more predictable. It's not as variable that, that income. Yeah. And, and so, so what I'm hearing then is you have your, your uh, subscription kind of class online classes, um, then you have summer camps yep. and then you have uh, sponsorship then, um, as well as, as, uh, specific, uh, classes maybe that you're doing for specific, uh, brands and so on. And then yeah. you have recipe generation revenue that's coming in with some of those contracts. Do you do any affiliate, um, Affiliates, I need to get into that world because it's a world that I know, like I have an Amazon affiliate account and to be honest on my website, because it's, it's very much an e-commerce website to sell classes. I do have a tab that says, you know, commonly common tools or my favorite things. So there are a few items that way. I mean, I definitely am not drinking from a sponsored mug or anything like that. Um, but I definitely feel like there are pockets of business that I need to put that time into. Um, I always get asked if I can do in-person classes. And while that's something that I definitely don't want to get into doing, it's a whole new ball game. Um, I, this past year did live cook demos, like headset on a stage, TELUS, Spark Center, super fun. And that's kind of an arena I definitely would love to get into. Affiliate stuff I would love to get into. Um, And of course, I mean, the main end goal, what would be like a dream come true, would be a published, not self-published even, but a published Cook With Meg cookbook um, and a show a TV show, like an actual show to get picked up by CTV or Netflix or something. Yeah. yeah. We have to dream big. So that's well, kind of like, love it. that's yeah. the end goal. The end goal sounds maybe not the end goal, but those are like definitely on the wish list. The yeah, some list. milestones along yeah. the path of uh, yeah. your journey here. Yeah. So uh, tell me what is easier now um, than what it was those, what, what did you say? I think you said 13 days after the pandemic is when you, you started. So, uh, so what's easier now than at that point when you were first starting the business? So good. Uh, so many things are easier. I would say I am, and this is like, I am so proud of myself. I have learned so much in, it'll be three years in March. So I have learned so much Um, I would say like the uh, back end, the admin stuff, like Shopify, running my own website, the e-commerce of it all, um, class creation. So I do everything. I don't have people, right? So if I come up with a concept to teach a class, the class has to be created, the recipe written, written knowing that 
someone might not be at the live class, we record all of our classes, which is the other little hurdle. I always say you can cook live or cook later. So for me, if you're not able to attend the live, I get it. Life gets busy. So it's writing a recipe that will stand up in your house if you're doing this on your own and you're not cursing me because I've forgotten something. So <laughs> it's creating that. It's writing that. It's creating the images and the graphic images and the marketing that all goes with it. It's loading it onto Shopify. It's then promoting it over and over and over and over. It's the weekly newsletter with my community. It's all the social. It's the fit. I wear every hat. So for me to, you know, and, and it's working seasons ahead. And that is like a bit of a drag because there's really never, any real true downtime. Like right now, just before this, I was planning, I'm planning summer camps already. I'm starting to get sponsorships on board. I'm starting to map out what that whole summer of recipes is going to look like. So I think the flow has gotten easier. I was really kind of just winging it. I have a very, I have a system. I have a system. That was a long answer to tell you I have a system. Well, yeah, and, and that is the, one of the things I think that uh, a lot of entrepreneurs, and myself included, um, really struggle with and is creating that system or, um, you know, like understanding the importance of it, especially at different stages of the business growth yeah. and that as because a lot of things in the early days, you're just doing out of like, OK, this needs to be done. And, and so you're just running from one thing to the next, uh, trying to figure it out as you go. And then uh, those companies, those uh, businesses that seem to be able to understand the importance of the systems early on. Um, they're the ones that seem to uh, accelerate their growth faster than ones who don't. And I think it's mm -hmm. probably pretty obvious why, but yet it's something that escapes us oftentimes. And totally. So, yeah, it's really uh, Like a lot of tears, a lot of tears, a lot of, I don't know what I'm doing, <laughs> or a lot of like, I have, I had, and I still get it. I think we all do, but I get angry that I don't, I always say this, if I made more money, if the company, if I made more money, I could hire people to do this, which would allow me the time to better focus on this, right? Like, how yeah. do I, how do I farm that out so that I, the word genius, it's not genius, but they say so that I, I can work on like my area of where, what I'm really good at, the creative. Yeah. So I still struggle with that in a big way, but I do feel like scaling back a little. And when I say scaling back, like I was teaching five days a week, six days a week. Now I'm teaching maybe three classes a week as opposed to five, six, seven, eight, ten classes a week. So in scaling that back, it has given me a little more time to just breathe and focus on a season or a series, get it ready to go, yeah. launch it, and then sort of just nurture it. And while it's selling or people are registering, I can be thinking a little bit about like the next one. So yeah, be more strategic uh, about it, right? Yeah. A little bit, a little bit. Yeah, yeah as much as you can. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So with uh, three years almost now in the rear view mirror, yeah. If there's one thing that you think that you could have done differently that would have maybe accelerated the growth of your company, mm -hmm. um, what would have 
that have been? What would you have done maybe slightly oh, different? If yeah, there was, like, for sure. Identify? For sure. And it, and it might not necessarily, it's very specific to my industry, to what I do. But yeah. when I started, I wrote every single recipe plus the directions and the steps and yeah. had someone that I hired to create website posts or I guess blog entries, if you will, with the recipes. And then those links were sent to families. So if you registered, you would receive the link that would take you to my website that would give you the recipe, et cetera, et cetera. And it was only last year. So it's been about a full year that we completely let go of that. And I realized why am I paying to have someone do a good job, but, but when I'm not a blogger, I don't have a website where I necessarily, this is going to sound terrible, but like SEO for those things aren't my really big focus, not on recipes to find me as a business to book with me. Yes. But to learn how to make a vanilla cake, I don't need that ranking. So it, it, it was the tiniest shift, but now when I write a recipe and I write it in a Google doc, that Google doc gets sent out as a PDF to a family. We call it your get ready. And in the get ready, you've got your recipe, you've got your zoom link, you're good to go. So I eliminated hundreds of hours, thousands of dollars and the stress of of the window. So now I know that if I have a class that's next Friday, as long as I have that recipe written and that document to families one week out, I'm good. Whereas before it had to be months in advance to give that other person the time to literally make web posts. So kind of very specific for my business, but gosh, I wish I would have done that sooner because I had a family who said, boy, we really love those PDFs. That's so easy. It's in my email. It's all labeled. I can go back and find it months from now. They're not searching for links that might end up broken. And here I am thinking I'm doing all this good for the families when really I was probably creating more work for me and a lot more steps for them that they didn't need. So yeah, I, so I really like that. Yeah, I really like that example that you gave, though, even though it's specific to your business and your industry, but uh, it's about simplicity, right? Sometimes we overcomplicate things just for the sake of being complicated or to be fancy or to whatever, Um, and not really looking at it in terms of the intention behind it and what value it's going to bring your customers, but also your business overall. And so, yeah, listening to your client, your clients, your customers there, and then also analyzing that from, okay, well, what's the cost benefit of doing Mm -hmm. these? Is there a better way around this? So, uh, yeah. Yeah. And I I think back at what I spent and it was an investment and whatnot, but I think, Mm -hmm. oh boy, had I had that 500 or 800 or a thousand dollars back each month, Wow, what could I have put that into ads or put that into this or that? So I think it's, you know, you learn as you go, but I'm glad I figured it out then. So now I have freed up time and time and money and yeah. Yeah. Okay. So in the spirit of kind of, you know, thinking uh, back to that younger entrepreneurial self, if you could write 
a letter to that younger entrepreneur, what would be in that letter? I would just, first of all, oh, I would just tell her that you are about to create something that is yours and what a magical feeling that is to know that at the, that at the end of the day, like it's yours and yeah. it's yours to take in any direction you dream. You don't, you know, I feel a, definitely a sense of uh, ownership and pride, but I also, I have to do right by my families that are in this community and I have to make my partners that I work with proud. And I know that I still have, you know, I don't have the, the you're in this and it's only you. Like there are many players involved, but I would tell her um, to pace herself, you know, to take actual days off. Honestly, I can't say that enough where you don't schedule a class. You don't have any backend work you have to get done. You are literally off. If you have a Google listing, you put your hours and you say Sunday off, Monday off, and you try to live by that. Um, I would say don't overcomplicate things. Um, I would say get a really great e-commerce platform on board if you sell anything. I use Shopify. I think I mentioned that. And honestly, it changed everything for me. And it also made my business like really legit, like it looks legit, it's real, it's they can use all the payment methods, it's, it's not just a weird wonky link that people see and think, Oh, I wonder where my money is going to go if I click this, you know, so yeah, I, yeah. I would I would say like, yeah, just pace yourself and have fun. And don't get hung up on what am I going to do next year? And, and what happens when business is slow and when you don't, I'm, oh, and I would also tell her, turn the Shopify notifications off. You don't want to hear the cha-ching <laughs> of the cash register because when days are good, boy, that's a nice sound. But when it's quiet, you don't want that Pavlov, like Pavlov, you don't want to get yeah. down, you know? Yeah. So I, and I'm still learning to look at it on a quarterly basis that's a big thing. You know, how did I do this quarter? How did I do this time this year versus last year? And don't get hung up if those numbers are like this. Are you still in business? Do you still have people committing and, and telling their friends? It, then it's working, you know? And I, and I think that for me, the biggest thing I would say to me three years ago is, you know, you're committing to do this because you love it. Don't forget why you love it. Don't yeah. forget your why and don't forget the reason you're doing this. And I'm doing this uh, because I because I get to look in all the windows and I see all the families and I get letters from kids who say when they grow up, they want to have a bakery and would I be their customer? Or, <laughs> you know, I one little girl said she, her dream is to go on master chef and finish my journey. Uh, I mean, yeah. you know, and it's, it's, it's just, I would say, just remember why you're doing it. There are days when you're going to feel on top of the world. There are days when you're going to feel like that's it. You've had enough. Some buy my business. I'm out, but just 
kind of find that middle ground and it's okay to live in the middle. It's okay to just plod along. You look at everyone who works for a company and who has a job that they, you know, time to make the donuts. Here we go again, every day, same thing, Monday to Friday. And I look at my job and I think I got to create this and I don't know how the chapters are going to go, but I know that we're in this and, and, and as we grow the things I was worried about last year, I don't even think about anymore. So I would tell her that too. Chances are what you're worried about right now, you're not even going to remember in a couple years. So just stay the course, change and change is okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's fantastic. And I mean, I can just tell that you're so passionate about what it is that you're doing and the impact that you're having on people and you're having fun. And like you said, that's just so important. So thank you for sharing your story, Meg. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Lance. I love what you're doing. And thank you for giving us the opportunity to share a little bit about who we are. And entrepreneurs need to support and be, you know, even though we all work in different industries, we're kind of all in that same headspace. We need to stick together. (laughs) That's right. That's right. So now if somebody wanted to reach out to you to connect with you or take one of the courses or anything like that, what's the best way for them to do so? I always tell people, of course, my website is cookwithmeg.com. And if you're on Instagram, you can find me cook with Meg today. Funny story. Three years ago, I, I'm also cook with Meg on Instagram, but anyway, cook with Meg today is the one where all my work stuff is and Instagram will not merge them together. So (laughs) I'm both people, but you can find me at cook with Meg today, or you can um, give me a phone call. Honestly, I'm a little old school. And if you're a family or, you know, someone who's interested in taking classes and you've tucked away and looked at through my website, but you still have questions, just call me. We'll talk. Sounds really good. Well, thank you again, Meg. Really appreciate it. And for those of you who appreciated this episode, really enjoyed it, and want to check out the rest of our episodes, head over to amplifyyourbusiness.ca. That's where you're going to find the full archive and any future episodes. And then, of course, just search Amplify Your Business on your favorite podcasting platform. You'll be able to find the audio-only version there as well. So until next time, everybody have a prosperous day. Bye.